Hallå så välkommen till Lisa plus Vina Alexant, en podcast om naturlig vin och människan bak. Är till Lisa Anes. And Milan, can you tell me what you had for breakfast this morning? Uh, I had salmon. Mm, very Norwegian. Uh, Marius uh, told me uh, that is a very shitty salmon, very cheap, <laughs> cheap, shitty salmon. But it was it was good. <laughs> yeah, traditional, true Norwegian yeah, experience. Yeah. Very good breakfast. Yeah. All right. Hallå och välkommen till Lisa plus Vina Alexand, en podcast om naturlig vin och människan bak. Äter Lisa Anes. Really like uh, relaxed. Yeah. And you can swear if you want to. I'm from north of Norway, so we swear a lot. It's <laughs> part of my cultural heritage. So okay. just uh, say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is a superstar winemaker. He needs no introduction, but I'm going to give it to him anyway. He comes from a winemaking family, and now he makes his own world-famous wines in the Morava district of Czech Republic. His wines are loved by both new wine explorers and also traditional drinkers who have never tried natural, or shall we say normal, wine before. He is known for this quote, Milan Nestrej is not a winery. It is just ideas that happen to be represented through wine. I'm not selling wine, but I'm representing a worldview using wine as a medium. Welcome, Milan Nestrej, to the podcast. Thank you, Lisa, uh, for having me here, and uh, it's my pleasure. It's so nice to have you here in Oslo for the yeah. first time, yeah? I'm first time in your country, in Oslo, and uh, I'm super happy because uh, here are super nice people, and uh, it was super, super nice uh, day yesterday for me yeah you and did a today. tasting and yeah then, we did uh, tasting with, with marius uh, and ed uh, which which are my my guy like uh, uh, importers uh, and uh, they do very good job they for, do for marius has been on the podcast a few times actually ah. he likes to talk so it's perfect <laughs> yeah. i can just sit back and yeah. he can do the talking yeah. i don't have to do anything uh-huh. And then you did an event at Nectar last night. Vashlemey has also been on the podcast. I think everyone in Oslo has been on the podcast <laughs> now, which is why I have to get people from abroad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And sorry, uh, the, your podcast is about uh, wine, about gastronomy, about... Uh... Oh, yeah, I should introduce myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my podcast is about natural wine or normal wine or mm-hmm. this kind of wine that we like mm-hmm. because I was working in a wine bar for a long time mm-hmm. and then corona came and everything closed yeah. and so in 2020 i was at home and doing nothing and i felt that uh, norwegian media doesn't really cover this type of wine so mm-hmm. well it's always presented as this weird wine that the hipsters drink and now back to the normal wine yeah or for them the normal <laughs> yeah, wine. Yeah. conventional wine and so I missed it, and I was quite inspired by the Natural Disasters podcast with Marisa Ross and Adam Volvolis, mm-hmm. which is now no longer on air. But uh, I like their really relaxed approach, but you still learn a lot. Yeah. And you could swear and say fuck and shit and all the fun <laughs> words. And um, yeah, so I bought some microphones, and I watched a lot of YouTube videos mm-hmm. about GarageBand. 
and I started making this podcast. Bravo. So in the beginning, <laughs> just, uh, well, mostly, yeah, still now with friends in the industry. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if winemakers like yourself happen to pass by Oslo, I take them into the studio. Well, now I have a studio. Yeah. Before it was at home. Mm -hmm. And then it was in the loft above the wine bar. Yeah. And it was so bad sound because of all the people downstairs and the tram going past. And, mm -hmm. and now we have a quiet studio. It's so quiet. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So that's the podcast. Perfect. Um, and it is a wine podcast. So let's talk about wine. Um, I want to go back to your father because you are a generation winemaker. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And your father was a winemaker and he was working in a German wine nursery. Yes, I've read. Exactly. How has that affected the winemaking you have today? And what did you learn from working with your father? Uh, I working uh, from him, maybe patient. Mm -hmm. And a lot of lot of uh, things, I think. My father is not uh, from the business originally, mm. and uh, he came uh, in nineties to Germany like uh, a cheap uh, worker from from the east. Uh, Because of the breakup of the yeah, Soviet yeah. Union, yeah, yeah. he left, mm -hmm. and uh, he working in the wine nursery, in uh, in winery, and uh, the, uh, he. He take uh, there some know-how about uh, new new plantation of uh, new 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 plant mm -hmm. uh, maybe new vines, new vines. Mm -hmm. and uh, come back uh, and we start uh, planting uh, new vineyard mm -hmm. at 2001. I was uh, like 13 years old, and we start together. I was very young. So you were interested already at 13 years old or were you like this is not cool, I want to do no, something else? No. Uh, I'm from from farmer's uh, family uh, mm. and my my dad and my my grandpa every time uh, has uh, some, some animals, some uh, fields and blah blah and I do what 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 I I know, and I'm not good in the in the IT. Maybe I'm not good in the different different uh, topic. Uh, maybe different uh, different ways, mm -hmm. and I do what what I know, and this is this is my story. I I'm a farmer. Mm. And that's it. The land that you were planting vines on in 2001, is that part of your family heritage or did you purchase new land to start planting uh, We start with uh, half hectare, uh, old, old vine, mm. old vines, uh, planting in the uh, 60s uh, okay. and plus we start planting new new area. Mm. Yeah. So you bought some old plants as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. And uh, your father... When you started working with the wine, what was his approach in the vineyard? Was it uh, chemical-free and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. from the get-go? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. totally different uh, approach, uh, like commercial commercial approach. Uh, and we start step by step. We, we sell, sell the grapes uh, after we sell table, table wine, mm. or how to say, fast wine. And 
from 2009 we start uh, bottling uh, all, all production and yeah and mm. that's it your father is still uh, helping out yeah he's like a senior boss and uh, he taking uh, care about people in the vineyards uh, he repaired uh, some machines and driving tractor and Hmm. Yeah, and I'm super happy for for him because uh, he's two hundred percent in what we do, and uh, because I change everything, uh, I travel a lot uh, and I come back, and I change everything, hmm. and I'm happy for for my father because because uh, there is the, the relationship uh, between father and son, son, it's not easy sometimes. And uh, I'm happy for my for my dad yeah. mm. and for my family, of course. Uh, like because we are we are a family business. Uh, I work with my wife, and uh, my wife is uh, it's like art part of Nestoret uh, because uh, uh, she, originally she is a ballet uh, dancer oh, wow. and uh, ballet teacher. Uh, and yeah she she's uh, more artistic like like me mm. and yeah i work with my wife uh, and uh, with my dad uh, and my mom and my my sister and uh, plus uh, some colleagues and for now we are like 15 people uh, 15 people and uh, we are we are a super nice team for now there Yeah, no family drama. It's okay to ah. work close. <laughs> <laughs> It's not easy sometimes uh, making in the family in the family business because imagine. because because uh, <laughs> but we do our best. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about something we discussed uh, during the tasting briefly yesterday. The words norm, uh, natural wine mm-hmm. or the terminology natural wine. Um, this is also something I struggle with, but then ironically, uh, I also write uh, natural wine or I write a column about wine mm-hmm. in a newspaper mm-hmm. and the name of the column is natural wine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I also find it difficult. Um, why do you find it difficult? Uh, because for me, it's what i do for me is it's normal and uh, the natural wine naked wine authentic wine for me it's like a, a, a tape maybe it's uh, it's like a brand or it's like a brand mm. yeah uh, nature wine it's not uh, not a reason for good good wine mm. that that the, the wine is natural it's not uh, not 100% that is good wine mm-hmm. uh, i know a lot of uh, and i have a lot of uh, friends of mine like uh, winemakers uh, and they do different style and different uh, uh, different approach and uh, i respect these people mm. because if you want respect you must show respect mm. uh, and and this is my my philosophy and it's, it's very simple and uh, yeah for me uh, we we do nature wine but uh, we 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 talking about wine mm. wine and uh, i think the important thing is the name on the label 
not nature wine brand. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I uh, proposed the name slow wine instead because mm -hmm. very often. Obviously, what happens in the field, the picking, the yeah. pressing, yeah, yeah, yeah. elevage, it's much more slow than what you say, conventional wine mm -hmm. or mass-produced mm -hmm. wine. So I quite like this name, uh, but I tried to make it a name for my column and they wouldn't have it. It's natural wine. <laughs> <laughs> slow wine is good. Yeah, mm. yeah. And normal I like wine. It. I like it too. Um, I also want to talk about another thing that I mm, so mentioned on your website, speaking of like labels and being put in a box or not, biodynamic certification, because you are not certified biodynamic, no. but you work after biodynamic-ish. Uh, we, we are certified like organic uh, and sometimes we do some, some things from biodynamic, mm. uh, but... Uh, it's it's not my philosophy uh for me this approach for me it's it's like uh, uh the commercial approach uh, in the biodynamics sometimes uh, for me it's like marketing uh, and uh, i'm not sure about uh, about uh, some some winemakers and uh, their approach. Mm. My philosophy is very simple. Uh, I won't take uh, some things from organic, some things from bio biodynamic, some things uh, from regenerative uh, farming, and yeah. And I want to be mm, free to be. I want because freedom for me it's a very very important uh, thing mm. and uh, my philosophy is open open eyes yeah. yeah yeah i think this is a bigger discussion we could have uh, uh, after the recording but i think this is a big part of the problem with certification of natural wine in general or mm -hmm. normal wine yeah. what you want to call it because we see now all these certifications are coming with the vamentod natur the mm -hmm. latest edition and uh, uh, because of all these rules uh, it's not really making the wine more authentic, but very often less yeah, authentic yeah. because there is just this uh, sticker you can slap on the bottle and say, mm -hmm. oh, I make nature wine, and then uh, yeah. we sell more. And yeah, I feel yeah. uh, also, sadly, it's becoming like this with biodynamic as well. Mm -hmm. mm. But um, speaking of wine, we're not drinking any wine. It's just sitting here. <laughs> so you in a bottle, no? Troublemaker. Yeah, we have Troublemaker, uh, which is like my business card. Uh, it's my uh, signature wine, mm. and it's it's uh, from uh, White Label, White Label's ranch, uh, which is our top ranch uh, from our best uh, plots and best uh, vineyards, uh, from the old oldest uh, oldest vineyards. And Troublemaker is a hundred percent Neuburger uh, Neuburger grapes, uh, which is very local and special. Uh, grape variety uh, in my country is only one hectare and fifty hectare of these uh, these these grapes, and in Austria in all of your uh, Czech Republic. On, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, because uh, it's very problematic grapes. Mm. Uh, it's a troublemaker. It's a troublemaker, mm. and uh, there is a very low yield, uh, low vigor, uh, very compact grape, uh, and 
there are a lot of tr- a lot of trouble but uh, i love it uh, because very good uh, uh, working with my soil uh, in this case is uh, less less soil uh, plus little bit uh, sandy soil it's uh, yeah it's very good working with with my soil mm. um, yeah well, cheers to the trouble cheers <laughs> mm. skål Skål, yes. Well, how do you say in Czech? Na zdraví. Na zdraví, like uh, almost like yeah, uh, Russian. Yeah, Russia. Yeah. Do you speak Russian? No, 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 no. no. I am boring uh, 80, 88, mm. uh, and the Velvet Revolution was in eighty nine. Now oh, we're almost um, the same age, I'm ninety two. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You're so accomplished. You don't look older, but you seem wiser. <laughs> <laughs> so you were not as influenced uh, with the Russian culture as previous generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now, in my country, is the second generation of, of generation of winemakers. Young guys uh, and um, things go very very good now, mm. and uh, the, the quality and uh, and culture of uh, drinking wine is uh, is better and better. Yeah, yeah, it's becoming a bit more open, yeah. like we discussed yesterday. Yeah. Uh, seeing as here in Norway as well, we have this very difficult r- mm-hmm. relationship with alcohol. Uh-huh. Um, just making this podcast, I try to get advertising on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's completely legal to do a podcast about wine, yeah. a lot of brands don't want because they don't want to be associated with wine, yeah. with alcohol. It's okay. like it's dirty, even though it's legal. And then, of course, drinking in the daytime. And mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. hard to find a good lunch restaurant with good wine in yeah. Norway. Yeah, but uh, in uh, your district too, in uh, Moravia or Morava, as you say, in Czech. Morava, Moravia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you there's uh, quite a lot of younger winemakers now, no? Or yeah, more natural, normal. Normal, the, the natural, natural movement. Uh, I think there is like twenty, maybe twenty-five producers, wow. maybe more, maybe more. There is a lot of new, new one. Mm. And uh, my country, Czech, Czech Republic, uh, has has a, a nineteen thousand hectare of of vineyards, and we have uh, two two regions. The bigger one is called Morava, Moravia. It's my region, and there is uh, eighteen thousand hectare, and uh, Bohemia, which is very close to Prague, uh, is very small. It's only one thousand hectare, and totally different soils. And uh, my my region and my village it's very close to to Austria and Slovak uh, Slovak border. Uh, I'm very very um, close to the Vienna, mm. one hour only. Mm. And the the soil, uh, grapes, uh, and and lot of things is very similar, like in Austria, like in Weinviertel region in, mm. in Austria. Yeah. How? Have the um, use of grapes changed now? I'm thinking more from from my perspective. I've seen a lot of international grapes coming out of Czech Republic, mm-hmm. but then we also have the more indigenous, little bit stranger grapes that you never hear about, like Palava. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally loved the Dome Mummy with Palava because I'd never seen this grape before, and mm-hmm. it's like wow, 
It's yeah. very cool. Yeah. How is it now? Do you see people are still using more international grapes mm-hmm. or are they turning back to old grapes or is it a mix? Or? It depends. It depends uh, because uh, 99% of wines uh, from, from Czech Republic uh, stay in Czech Republic. Mm. Uh, the, our pe- people drinking uh, our, our wine and for us it's very typical used a lot of uh, grapes varieties. Some wineries uh, produce uh, maybe 30 maybe 40 different grapes which is a lot and uh, and there is a mix of uh, of the local grapes uh, which are maybe austrian grapes austria grapes austria hungary grapes plus uh, the second part is uh, french french mm. grapes like uh, pinots uh, some cabernets uh, yeah mm. and there is this 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 mix mixed and but my approach uh, is uh, be more focused. Uh, I want uh, I want be more more mm, focused to maybe five six grapes only, mm. which are working with my soil, mm. and and that's it. Uh, Green Veltliner is uh, working perfectly uh, for white. Neuburger, of course, uh, Welsh Riesling mm. for whites. And uh, for the red, uh, it's uh, number one is Blau Frankish, called Frankovka in, in my country. Mm. Uh, St. Laurent, uh, Pinot Noir. And, and that's it. Uh, Cabernet, uh, not working too much uh, because the climate is not, not good uh, for Cabernet. Mm. Yeah. How is the climate changing now, speaking of? Uh, are you seeing any big changes mm-hmm. in terms of climate change and yeah. how are you working with that? We change uh, a lot of uh, our management in the vineyards mm-hmm. uh, because we want uh, safe acidity. And uh, 2018 was totally warm and hot, hot uh, vintage. Uh, we start to harvest uh, in the middle of August. Mm. Uh, never before we don't we don't start uh, like like this this early. And the cl- climate uh, climate change it's uh, it's difficult for us because every every vintage is more and more extreme. Mm. One vintage is very hot. The, the the next vintage is very rainy, and there is no no uh, consistent like before. Mm. Yeah, and there, there is uh, a lot of uh, lot of work uh, work uh, new new work. Mm. Yeah. Do you see that some of the grape varieties that you have had previously are not working so well? Anymore? Yeah, uh, we start uh, working with Cabernet Franc mm. and now working uh, very well. And before, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, uh, not working because the, the climate was uh, more cold like, like today. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about... well. Um, what we have in the glass here, this Neuburger, I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised when I tasted your 2019 vintage because 
at least here in Norway, I will say maybe international, you become a little bit known like the bad boy of uh, natural <laughs> Czech wine, like ooh, a bit uh, crazy wine, experimental. And then when I taste your 2019 vintage and especially the white label range, mm-hmm. uh, I taste a winemaker that has stepped back a little bit and not doing more extended skin maceration like you did before. And uh, there is more grape duplicity and more um, evidence of the soil. Um, how was that journey for you? Uh, how to say? Uh, it's some evolution of, of me. And evolution uh, my my vineyards uh, uh, me and vineyards are older and older and my job and what I want is is show show my my soil my village and uh, my region mm-hmm. and uh, this is the reason why I change some some uh, approach uh, some things, because I think uh, when I, I am, I don't use the skin contact and the the wines are not uh, too funky uh, for show, showing uh, for show my soil is better. Uh, I I can uh, show more details, more precise, and more small part of of the wine, mm. and this is the reason why I change. The, the vinification, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Because I will say now, I uh, five years ago, if I had met like an older woman who had never tried natural <laughs> wine, I would maybe not be like Milan Estrella is the first wine you should try. But obviously, especially like this Neuburger, mm-hmm. I would present to anyone. Yeah. Of course, I would present natural wine to anyone anyway. But you know what I mean, especially in a bar, mm-hmm. you want people to be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. you don't want to scare them off. But yeah. Uh, your wines now are so expressive and lovely and precise and elegant and it's really fun to serve them and present them and also show people that this is how uh, natural wine can taste and mm-hmm. this is unsulfured wine mm-hmm. as well which mm-hmm. i think people have this idea that you can't make this kind of wine without sulfur but yeah 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 i want uh do good good wine and uh, that's it uh and in this case, 2019, it's it's a direct press, uh, direct press uh, vinification. It's a very simple vinification. But uh, 2001 vintage, we used some skin contact because the grapes, because the different uh, vintage, and uh, it depends. It depends. Uh, there is no. Uh, there is no plan for for making wine, and I. I taste the grapes and I do some some uh, decisions and do my my work mm. and yeah open open eye uh, philosophy. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to talk about your labels, which you have become a little bit known for as well in Norway at least, where you have uh, obviously a white label range, which is very stylistically clean and simple with just your signature. And then you have your other range of wines, which are uh, divided into several categories, but they're usually expressed on the label more like playful and yeah. uh, colorful. Where does the inspiration to your 
um, graphic expression come from? How do you find uh, collaborators and how do you work? I I have a lot of friends, uh, like artists, and uh, this is the reason why I use uh, this this art for for my label. Mm. But uh, for now, I I want to be more more quiet, not too 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 loud, and not too color 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 colorful. Mm. How to say? And uh, yeah, I like art, uh, but uh, every time the, the label is on the second place, the the wine is on the on the first place. Mm -mm. Mm. Yeah, I feel like uh, you're starting amazing trends in a way. You check natural wine and then prolonged skin maceration, all these cool labels, and then when ev the rest of the world is catching up, you're like, I'm done with it. I'm I'm too cool. Yeah. But you are too cool. That's the thing. You're always ahead, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think uh, there is, uh, not in my country only, and in the whole Europe and around the world, there is a lot of uh, new growers uh, which do the same, uh, same funky stuff. And for me, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's answer that I must uh, go different way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that for you it's now so much about the purity of the grape and the mm -hmm. soil that you don't want it to be clouded by yeah. things like. Uh, funkiness or prolonged skin maceration or the fact that the label can just totally eclipse yeah. the wine and it's more about oh I want that bottle with the cool label instead of actually what mm -hmm. is in the bottle yeah yeah, yeah correct, yeah, correct. Mm. Is, is it is it and uh, my goal it's uh, every day learn some new some new thing and and uh, that's why it's behind me and I want to uh, learn some, some new. Mm. It's the reason why I go new new way. I also um, thought a lot about something you said in the tasting yesterday, that 80% of your grape material is used for creating wines that you have planned, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you have 20% for experimentation. Yes, that yes. is a lot. Amazing. It's a lot. Uh, and uh, sometimes it's... Uh, <laughs> sometimes uh, there is uh, some mistakes, uh, but uh, we want to, to have fun with, with, my, with my guys, with my colleagues, and uh, we want to learn new new things uh, and this is the reason why we uh, do 20 percent uh, for for research and for experiments and for looking for new new ways mm. for example if the listeners are wondering what this tastes like we have this wine called atip which will be yeah, on yeah, the yeah, wine yeah. monopoly which is one of your recent experience yeah, yeah, yeah. one of your 
quote unquote like a brutal you said where you can uh, under the brutal label as some listeners may know it is sort of a freedom pass where you the winemaker can experiment mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm, do uh, mm-hmm. fun stuff and the atip for you is yeah. similar no the the, the, uh, the atip uh, for me is like my playground maybe mm-hmm. and uh, we release a uh, num- atip number two for now and uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's a research for our new plots and uh, new technique uh, in the cellar and uh, yeah, and it's more funky stuff maybe. Yeah. Mm. I know the um, climate and the plants decide where you go in the future with your winery, but can you give us an idea of what your plans are and what are the next steps ahead? What can we uh, expect from the yeah from you and your winery? My plan uh, for future is to be be happy. It's very very simple and uh, be happy and uh, do do our best. And there is no plan. Every day is is different. And uh, when you when you have uh, some plan, the nature will change everything. Uh, your, your plans, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yes. we follow we follow the nature. Yeah. The fact that nature keeps changing your plans, it's its life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think this is a really good place to end. We have actually been talking for over half an hour mm-hmm. already. Um, thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast. Thank you, Lisa. And um, enjoy your uh, remaining three and a half hours in Oslo. <laughs> thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Skål. Nazdravi. Tusen takk til min gjest Milan Nesterek. Tusen takk til Marius Vabo som lager grafisk design og Hans Andreas Låke som lager vår musikk. Og tusen takk til Itrate. Her får vi lov til å spille inn podcast så mye vi vil. Det er kjempebra. Vi høres igjen om en månedstid. Skjellavveis. Adrian. Hallo. Velkommen til podden. Tusen takk for det, veldig hyggelig å være her. Um, vil du fortelle meg hva du spiste til frokost i dag? Oh, det blev veldig lite frokost, for jeg måtte kjappe meg ut døra for å spille squash, men jeg tok en banan på vei. På morgenen liksom? Er du sånn herslig fyr som ja. spiller squash klokka seks på morgenen for frokost? Nej, vi begynner klokka åtte en gang i uka. Så, men det er det mest spreket jeg er i løpet av en uke. Jeg synes det er veldig sprekt. Ja. All right. Som alltid, tusen takk til mine fantastiske gjester Tusen takk til Marius Vabo som har laget logoen til podcasten Og Hans Andreas Låke som har laget musikken Har du lyst til å lære enda mer om naturvin? Hvis du blir medlem og betaler 30 kroner i måneden Så får du tilgang til alt bonusmaterialet Lær mer på shows.acast.com Slash Lisevinsand